Welcome to Trash Can TV, where we have our field reporter, George Eskla, doing a piece about catalytic converters sting operation. Parts were stolen on the east side of town, and business owners felt that they got the shaft when they found their catalytic converters missing. Yeah, man, I was just going out, was going to get some uh, some cigarillos, man, because, you know, and I was going over to my side piece house because, you know, my girl is out of town this weekend. So I was going out to the house and going to my side piece house, and I tried to start the car up, and uh, it wouldn't start up. So I took a little pop under the hood, and what you know, my catalytic converter was missing, man. Other residents are unhappy with the lack of a police presence they've seen in the coming weeks. Well, I'll tell you this much right here, man. I give $50 every two years to the policeman's charity ball. Them boys need to work for me. We pay their salaries, don't we? We pay their, we pay their food. We pay for their gas. We pay for their kids' dental insurance. You know what I might do? I might go down take a little cop's kid and take them little feelings out of his mouth if we don't find my catalytic converters. And some residents just say, I'm staying out of it. Well, I'm really trying to stay out of it. I think that's a job that the police should handle. We, as the citizens, should let the police do their job. And as the sun sets on the east side neighborhood, the residents are feeling short on police, running short on patients, and running short a few catalytic converters. George Escola, WJBF, Trash Can TV. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Well, welcome to episode 14. If that intro went a little bit over your heads, that's okay. There used to be a reporter in the town that we lived in named George Escala, and he talked just like that, didn't he, Michael? Yep. We like we like George. He was funny. He's been on there, what, for like 25, 30 years, something like that. He's been on there for forever, but he always had these uh, interesting little segments. But he always kind of talked like John Wayne in a way, but a little different i don't know it was different than most every other reporter yes he was i just remember he would always be like george escala news channel six but yeah we love doing our intros you know what intro has taken the longest to ever do it was a christmas intro with uh, gangster's paradise i think that one took us like a good hour just to get the intro down right because we were writing the rap and we were had to do it perfectly but it was a good time yeah we had to pull it off i think uh the second one was when we did journey that was, I think that was the second one that was that took the longest. Well, we welcome all of you that are listening to us from Ohio, from Virginia, from Texas, Florida, Georgia, Ireland, uh, and Hawaii, Kansas, Nebraska. We love all of you guys. So thank you to all of y'all that are listening. We love getting to use our creative minds and uh, get to do this Donut Box podcast. And speaking of creative minds, that's a great segue into our old-fashioned donut, which is a story from our past. Now, I'm going to introduce the segment a little bit, and then Micah is going to tell you a little bit more. So for my senior project, I had to do um, a video because I was in film class. And so really, my film teacher was all about, he was more about quantity over quality because he just wanted us to submit stuff for the film festival. He didn't really care what it was like. So we had to do like an interview or like a profile on somebody and at the time, I wanted to be a police officer, and uh, we knew this guy. Uh, his name was Jimbo. We won't use his real name. Uh, his name was Jimbo, and he was a police officer, so I t- decided to film him 
And uh, he gave me a great interview, but I didn't have enough B-roll. It wasn't exciting enough. So uh, me and Micah, being the creative minds that we were, we decided to make this little documentary a little bit more interesting. So I'm going to let you go ahead and uh, tag team and do the story. Now, I'm going to segue off just a little bit here. Um, so police life, to be 100% honest, yes, it has exciting moments. But as we came to realize, uh, the majority of the time, it's downtime. Like there's not a ton going on. And so when you don't have a lot of time to film or record these things, um, you kind of have to take what you can get. Like I remember there was one time that Chris and I went on a ride along and we went on a very, it was a very, very quiet time. And I think the only call that we got was over a property dispute. And it was like a, a goofy old property dispute. And basically it took two seconds to resolve. And the rest of the time we were going, well, talk to old police officers in here. But anyways, I digress. So we didn't have enough footage. So I had this truck and it was my very first truck. It was not a very good truck. It was very, how, how would you, how would you describe that truck, Chris? Well, if you have been listening to the Donut Barts podcast for a while, it's the same one that couldn't make it up the hill. So it was a good like clunker truck. That's what it was. It was a clunker. It was a good learning truck. Oh, definitely. Um, $650 truck. But we decided, okay, there was this elementary school that I had went to up this hill. And we said, okay, what we're going to do, it's best if this truck rolls downhill. And remember, if you've listened to previous episodes as well, Chris's previous car, the Buick, looked just like a police car as well. So we said, you know what? We can do this. We've already had plenty of experience with the cops' videos. Shout out TVTrashCan.com. Go check them out over there. Um, but the we, we had already you know tried this in parking lots and things. And so we said, why not take it to the streets? Now, I remember being a tad nervous, being like, okay, we're in public roads. We planned this out really well. It was at night. Um, I remember we went up to the school and the school was about a quarter mile and, you know, it was downhill and all this stuff. And so we said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have Chris's car in the back. We'll have the truck there. We'll pull out. Once we pull out and get on the main street, they'll start filming and we'll film and we'll go into the neighborhood that I am. And there was, if you've heard about the cul-de-sac, there was that bit in the middle. Um, it's a very small curb, but it doesn't look small. And so we said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to hop that truck up on the curb, make it look like I crashed. And then we'll, we'll bail out of the truck and then it'll kind of be like a, a foot pursuit. Essentially. We planned this out and we had, uh, we had a friend of ours. Um, I forget what we called him in early episodes, but we could call him Tay Tay. And he was one of our next door neighbors over there. And he, he agreed to film and do that whole thing. So there I was in my truck. And we, we put the plan into action, didn't we, Chris? Yes, we did. And so I think it was only like a block away. And we had to film it a couple of times because there was just traffic. Because um, you didn't want to like sit there on the camera and just look like, make it look like the truck that you were chasing was just waiting for traffic to turn. So we did it when there was no traffic. And what I did was was I sped up the footage to make it look like a police chase. And I put like a little bit of blue light on there. In reality, I probably should have put the blue and red lights, and I was just trying to spice it up and make it look good, um, mix documentary with uh, real life, because that's what they do on TV. They do that on TV. They try to spice it up to get you to watch it, and I turned it in, and it made it to the first round of film festival, but I don't think it made it past the second round, because I think the judges figured out that it was, uh, that it was fake, but here's the thing. Whenever um, the truck was supposed to crash Micah was supposed to get out of the car and take off running 
and that's where the film would uh, stop. And our friend uh, Tay Tay, he also provided the voice of the police officer that I was doing the documentary on, but their voices didn't even match up. So uh, there was another little plot hole in that filming. And I remember it was uh, what he was saying wasn't exactly cop-esque either. I think the last line he said was something like, cut the camera off, cut the camera off. It, it just, it kind of had the staged feeling at the end with what he was saying, but um, well, what the real thing was supposed to be, it was supposed to be like I was the one sitting in the passenger seat and I was the one that was doing the documentary. Um, little fun fact, later I went back and I actually used that video for something else and so in to make it look more like to explain the drama dramatization of it at the beginning i put due to a pending investigation this is a dramatization of real events that actually happened but due to keep the identity safe of the police officer we can't show you the real footage and so that was my cover <laughs> nice hey that's a good cover you know, that's, that's basically just like a movie saying based on a true story. Exactly. See, it's like one of those blanket labels that you can slap on. Um, but I remember, like, the video had to be between, like, 10 and 6 minutes. And I think it was, like, at 7 or 8 minutes with the interview. Jimbo, the actual police officer I did interview, he did give me some B-roll of him, like, doing a fake traffic stop. But it just wasn't good enough. So I was like, I gotta make this more spicy. And then I remember there was... We caught some other footage of him uh, peeling out of a parking lot real quick, um, also making a quick turn out of a parking lot, that sort of thing. And we used all that, but, you know, the problem is everybody that's done anything film-related or stuff like that will understand this. It takes, you know, hours and hours of film to make a 15-minute video. It takes so much film. I mean, even, again, we're going to shout out our, uh, our website, tvtrashcan.com, the, you know, the wrestling video that we did. Um, or Chris did both parts. I mean, the deal is it took a lot of footage to be able to produce those videos. So it's just one of those things to where I think we had uh, Officer Jim Bob for his lunch break for 30 minutes, I think is what we had. And so we had to fit all the, the filming in that in that time frame. So it was uh, it was interesting. Yeah, and it was good interviews, but when you're watching something, you don't want to just watch interviews of just people talking the whole time. You want to see images and all that stuff. But yeah, that's the time that we filmed the fake police chase. I never heard anything from Jimbo himself. I don't think he actually saw the video. And the video is lost somewhere. I don't know where it is, so there's no way we can put it up on trash can TV. Sad day. But we are going to move into our jelly donut, which is our jail report. And I got some great stories on our jail report today. Oh, I'm excited. So the first one is from the state of Florida, our favorite state to do jail reports from. All right. A man in Florida faced charges of aggravated assault after allegedly throwing an alligator into a fast food restaurant. Oh, man. Yep. The fast food restaurant, it was, I'm not going to name it, but it's famous for a lady with freckles. Um, and has good ah. frosties. I can't name what they name it on Saints Row 2 because it's not appropriate. That's exactly what I was thinking too, but you know. Mr. James uh, has been accused of tossing a live animal through a drive-thru window, window at a Wendy's restaurant. His mother reportedly said he wanted to play a practical joke on his friend who worked at that restaurant. The animal was captured and then released back into the wild. So Mr. James from Florida had found the alligator on the side of the road and he lured it 
into the back of his truck. So he then went to the restaurant in a city like a couple miles away where he placed an order at the drive-thru window. He received a drink and then threw the three-foot-long animal through the opening, the report said. The incident happened and the suspect has now been taken into custody. He reportedly faces charges of unlawful possession and transportation of an alligator. Apparently, that's a crime in the state of Florida. His mother, uh, Miss James, told uh, reporters that it was just a stupid prank. Now, I, I, there was actually video footage of it, and I watched the video footage, but it was like on those cameras where it's like kind of frame by frame and you can't really see it. You know what I mean? Oh, it's kind of, I call it glitchy. It looks glitchy. Yes, it looks very glitchy. So on the camera, the lady is giving the guy his drink and then she's like i guess give trying to get the rest of his order she has his she has her back turned and then you can see him pick it up and it's really quick and you he, you see him throw the alligator in there and then you just look at her and he drives off like right after he throws the alligator in there and then he drives off and then you can see her turn around and like totally freak out and it was a small alligator though it was only three foot long, but still. I was about to say, because uh, big alligators, that would take a lot of strength to be able to chuck that thing. And I don't know if it would be able to fit through a drive through window, but still, I mean, even small alligators, I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't handle it. I wonder how he handled I mean, it, because wouldn't it kind of bite you? I mean, unless you know how, I know there's like a way you can grab it behind the neck to where like it can't come back and bite you but at the same time i thought i knew all that with crab too and uh, i got my finger pinched pretty hard too so my thing is it's like i don't i don't mess with none of that if i don't know 100 percent how to do it exactly man it's funny just uh, the fact that there's a law that there's unlawful handling and transportation of an alligator that's hilarious yeah i'm it, apparently it happened enough in florida to where they made a law about it <laughs> i you know i i guess it probably prevents exotic sale and trade and stuff like that you know the illegal stuff people going in the swamp and just getting alligators to sell them yep it's crazy man all right these next three are from the our good old state of texas so apparently i found out that texas um and florida are kind of neck and neck with having crazy arrest stories and i also think texas probably has a much more open policy in sharing people's arrest stories florida they don't they don't care you get arrested for anything and they'll they'll share it um so yeah so this next one a 76 year old uh man in weatherford texas which is not too far from da dallas was recently arrested after allegedly escalating a road rage incident so police said mr j of weatherford shot at a vehicle whose occupants allegedly made an obscene gesture while passing him on the road they probably flipped him the bird According to the sheriff, the occupants called police to report the gunfire incident, which coincidentally unfolded right next to the sheriff's office. But here's the part of the story that makes it hilarious. Um, the guy that shot at them was driving a Prius, a to Toyota Prius, and charged him with two counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. So yeah, I think that's pretty funny that he was driving a Prius and then shooting at people that did road rage. To be honest, I'm sitting here thinking... Is the dude in a big truck or something? Like, I mean, that's the first assumption here. But a Prius. I mean, that's why. That's why when people be road raging with other people in Texas, I'm like, y'all are nuts. Y'all know who's next to y'all. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing in other states, but you know, everybody in Texas has a gun. Everybody, especially in their car. Oh yeah, you you can better believe they got a gun of some sort. So, you know, I, I just don't mess with none of that. Plus, people. I'll be honest with you, people that be road raging like extremely hard, you know, where like they just relentless, 
you don't want to mess with those people in the first place. They got things going on. Yeah, they do, man. Kind of crazy. I had one guy throw a Sonic drink in my car one time, like full on. He opened the window, took a Sonic drink, and he threw it on my windshield of the whole cup. And it was like a blue slushy that exploded all over. Bro, he was mad. He was mad, mad because I wouldn't let him over. I was like, dang, this dude got some problems. I've had I've had a similar experience. We're just going to divulge this for a second. We had a similar experience. It was actually over there. Uh, I was about to say exactly where it was about to be, but I realized we have listeners that would know exactly where this was um, that took place. It was a Krispy Kreme there in the in Lubbock. Anyways, we get off of the exit that's right there, and you know it's a pain to merge right in between there. Well, there was this guy, and I don't know what his deal was, but he like followed us. And so we ended up trying to, we went in this big old circle around and he like kept following us. And so finally I pulled into that Krispy Kreme parking lot because it's a big public open place. And I was like, if he's going to do something, like, I guess we're going to have to do this right now. And like, he, he like drives up to me and he rolls down the window and he was like, you trying to bleed? And that's literally what he asked me. He was like, you trying to bleed? And I was like, nah, man, it was an honest mistake. He's like, that's what I thought. I mean, he was dead serious, too. I thought he was about to – it was pretty unnerving because you're – I mean, he followed me for a good bit, too. And you're sitting here going, dang, something about to happen. Something about to go down. Road rage is nothing to play with, dude. It is not at all. All right, this next one. Uh, Dallas ISD teacher was arrested after he allegedly threatened to kill his coworkers and school staff if he didn't receive a pay raise. Um, so – uh, he was a world history teacher, Mr. Alanis, who had only been working at the school since August, and he was arrested by Dallas uh, ISD police and is charged with making terroristic threats to a public servant. Uh, the 29-year-old allegedly used his school email to send messages to the principal and other administrators demanding that they should pay him and another unnamed teacher the master teacher's salary. Um they report that one email said that the raise needs to happen if the principal didn't want to be burned alive. Another email said that anyone who didn't comply would be put down immediately by Dallas PD and an image of police with weapons was attached to the message. After the emails came to light, uh, Mr. Alanis went missing for a week, but then he returned and agreed to be questioned by police. During the interview, he admitted to sending the threatening emails. He was arrested and had posted a $1,500 bond. Uh, his sister came to his defense and says that he wasn't in his right mind when he sent the emails. And now he's in a local hospital for a psychiatric evaluation. So I think dude was a couple fries short of a happy meal. Yeah, something was going on with them. But my thing is, if you're going to do stuff like that, don't do it on the school email. Like, they have full visibility into everything that you'd be saying and everything. I mean, well, you know, I don't know. I just don't do that. But... Hopefully, guy is getting some help like they say he is, but that's that's a little freaky. So my question is, here's the bit that I picked up with this. The teacher that he recommended for this max teacher pay, were they in cahoots or like what was up with that? I mean, it doesn't say in the email, and I honestly don't think that's what it was, but maybe he was just like, yeah, this teacher needs a pay raise too, because maybe they were just like talking about it. And he was probably like, yeah, like, I need a pay raise. And the other teacher was like, yeah, it sure would be nice to take a pay raise. And you know people like that, bro. They take that thing to the nth degree. And so he was probably like, yeah, me and so-and-so are buddies. We're friends. And we need to get a raise. It ain't it ain't worth it. Absolutely not. All right. This next one is one of the most Texas things that uh, I could report. Um, in Harris County, authorities recently arrested uh, Mr. Harris 
Ah, that's funny because his name coincided with the county. In, in Harris yep. County? In Harris County. Uh, they arrested him in Humble after he allegedly led police on a high-speed chase while throwing propane tanks out of the stolen truck he was driving. So police officers responded to a call about a stolen travel trailer. According to police, a witness who saw the theft followed Harris but stopped after Harris pulled a handgun and threatened them. Shortly after, law enforcement located the truck and trailer and began to pursue Mr. Harris after he refused to stop the truck. During the chase, uh, they said that he threw portable propane tanks out the truck while driving, presumably in attempts to slow down or evade officers. After the truck came to a stop, Mr. Harris continued to evade arrest on foot. Police dispatched canine, a canine officer to search for the suspect. Oh, and I bet you can guess what happened next. The canine quickly located the suspect and he was taken into custody. Now he's in the hospital to be treated for dog bites received as a result of his refusal to surrender. Uh, all I'm going to say right now, I had one of those canines come to the school and, you know, they did a presentation and stuff like that. It's one thing to see it on TV and go, oh, the guy in the suit, the guy. In the, oh, no, no, no. Those dogs will tear you to pieces like you don't mess with them. Dog. My thing is, if, if I'm a criminal, you know, that's the one thing I never understood. Why are you so close to the crime scene? You better get away from there. You know they're going to bring the dogs out there. Not only can they smell you, they can tell you, tear you apart. And, like, the deal is, until they get called off, so say you're in the brush, like, way deep somewhere, until they call off the dogs, literally, they're going to keep on attacking you. So the thing is, the further you are away from them to where the cops can't tell that they got you i mean they'll tear to pieces by the time they get to you yeah the funny part of watching cops is whenever they say all right we got the dogs out and uh if you don't come out we're gonna release the dogs and then they still stay in there and then the dogs bite them bro and it's like it's not funny but it's like bro you should have listened them dogs aren't nothing no, to play with they, they aren't nothing to play with that's what i'm saying like I've never done any sort of crime or nothing like that, but just get the heck away from the scene because you don't want the dogs anywhere on you. And, oh, another side story with that. The dog that they had that came out to the school, um, the officer was telling the story, and he said the stupidest thing anybody ever did was there was a guy that was drunk, and he had blown a uh, blood alcohol reading of .43, which what that means is that means like your, your alcohol content is almost 43% of your blood is alcohol. And, I mean, that's like almost alcohol poisoning. Like, you can die from that. And apparently, for whatever reason, he was walking out. They were taking him to a cell, and he decided to kick the dog in the face, like, on the way out. And the dog attacked him and literally just latched onto him. And, like, they had to, like, forcibly remove the dog. But they, uh, the officer said, I'm not going to go into, like, what his injuries were. But I'll say this. He passed out from the pain very quickly. And it was like... Dang, man. <laughs> it's like, don't mess with those dogs, man. Do not mess with the dogs. Don't mess with the dogs, man. Well, we are going to move into our next segment, which is the donut hole. And it's my turn to do the donut hole. And I have recently seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I'm on a superhero kick right now. And Micah, I consider yourself, or I consider you to be somewhat of a nerd in a good way in a good way so i have a superhero trivia test for you how well do you think you know your superheroes not good man i'll tell you this much the the comics that i've read and this is goofy to say but like i used to like archie and jughead <laughs> but as far as like a superhero 
I'll be honest, I know some of the differences between Marvel and DC, like the main characters. Like, as far as knowing them, they come out with movies every year, and I'm like, who? I never even knew that was a thing. Are they just making this up on the fly? And apparently, no, it's not. So I might do terrible at this. I'm not too sure. Well, don't worry. I tried to not do, like, the super deep uh, superheroes, and I also tried not to ask, like, super detailed questions that you would only know from reading the comics there might be like one or two in there but most of it is like general knowledge are you ready yeah i'm ready all right question number one peter parker in addition to be spider-man works also as what a a police officer b a model c a newspaper photographer or d a taxi driver newspaper photographer final that is correct. He works for J. Jonah Jameson. Good job. All right. Number two. Which U.S. state did Superman spend his childhood? A. Texas. B. Kansas. C. New York. Or D. Oklahoma. Kansas. Right. That is correct. He is from Smallville, Kansas. You're two for two. Good job. All right. Number three. What weapon does Thor use? A, a hammer, B, a shield, C, a sword, or D, a bow and arrow? Oh, a hammer, for sure. You're correct. See, you're doing great, man. You're doing great. We're, we're doing good. Doing good. I, you know, I think going to Six Flags kind of helped because you see all these characters quite frequently. <laughs> that go. is true. All right. Which planet is Superman from? A, Mustafar, B, Tatooine, C, Asgard, or D, Krypton? Hold on. Did you... You gave me the first two. <laughs> you know, I was just very tempted to say he's from Mustafar, the lava planet. But um, no. The other two are Asgard or Krypton. It's Krypton, right? That is correct. All right, number five. How how much do you like the 1997 film Batman and Robin with George Clooney and... Uh, I remember it. It's pretty goofy. It's very goofy. All right. In the 1997 film, Batman and Robin, Arnold Schwarzenegger played which villain? A, Bane, B, Joker, C, Mr. Freeze, or D, Two-Face? Joker? Right? Or am I crazy? Now, Arnold, Arnold did not play Joker. Hold on. What were the options? Sorry. A, Bane, B, Joker, C, Mr. Freeze, or D, Two-Face? Why am I not remembering this right? It's a pretty forgettable movie. It is a forgettable movie. I'm going to guess Two-Face. It wasn't Two-Face, was it? It's actually Mr. Freeze. I got to go back and watch it. Yeah, I I think I've watched that movie once, maybe. That's why it's like, eh. It's, I just remember it being goofy. It's not that good. I just remember being goofy, that's all. Uh, number six. What is the secret identity of the Hulk? A, Billy Blanks. B, Bruce Banner. C, Bruce Wayne, or D, Bruce Willis? Bruce Banner. Yep, that is correct. David David Banner's brother. Just, just there you go. Most of y'all probably don't know. Most of y'all probably don't know who David Banner is. They don't know. All right, number seven. Which superhero wields a lasso and bulletproof bracelets? A, Wonder Woman, B, Black Widow, C, Scarlet Witch, or D, Black Panther? Oh, it's definitely Wonder Woman. She is one of my superhero crushes. All right, these next... Uh, these next three, they're a little bit harder. So are you ready? Which character from Gotham City did Joker turn into a mini Joker? A, Batgirl, B, Alfred, C, Commissioner Gordon, or D, Robin? And you're talking about the TV show Gotham, correct? 
correct? No, it's not in the TV show Gotham City, or not the TV show Gotham. This is kind of in the comics a little bit, and some of the animated series, but which character uh, from Gotham City did Joker turn into a mini version of himself? Why do I want to say Alfred? Is that your final answer? Yeah. Actually, D. Robin. So one of the Robins, uh, Joker turned him into a mini Joker. It's in the animated series, which I wasn't expecting you to watch. Um, So it's not Dick Grayson, but it's the Robin Jason Todd. So there's three different Robins. All right. Number nine. Daredevil suffers from which disability? A. Paralysis. B. Deafness. C. Blindness. Or D. Seizures. And C. I'm not really familiar with that character too much, Daredevil. Yeah, there's a TV show, and he was also played by Ben Affleck. Just your best guess. Wasn't that, uh, is that what they named the ride at Six Flags after? It's Daredevil, I'm guessing. The Daredevil drop, the one in Georgia. No, that's, uh, Daredevil is Marvel, and DC is, what, Six Flags is mainly it. Oh, okay. So your best guess. I'm gonna guess C. Blindness? That is correct. It is blindness. He is actually blind. This next one. This was probably the toughest one. Uh, Which villain killed the Flash's mom and framed his dad? A, the Riddler. B, Grodd. C, Zoom. Or D, the Reverse Flash. What was the very first one again? The Riddler? The Riddler. Yep. Riddler's Batman. Name the last three again. Grodd, Zoom, or Reverse Flash. Zoom? That is incorrect. It is the reverse flash. It is the reverse flash. Though That one was a little bit hard. But hey, you did pretty good. You did great. Uh, it did better than I expected, right? There you go. And go check out Ant-Man and the Wasp. It was good. Uh, it's very Star Wars feel. So if you like Star Wars and Ant-Man, it's good. But we're going to move into our next spe- segment, which is what fries my donuts so buddy what's got you fried up this week oh man so this might be a little controversial for some folks but hey it's what fries my donuts it's just my opinion if you don't have the same opinion it's okay we can agree to disagree but here's the biggest thing that i've been hearing and this is you know mainly geared towards christianity and things like that but at the same time it's across the board People trying to predict the end of time. By the way, that's been happening since the beginning of time. I don't know if uh, you guys knew that. That's been happening since the beginning of time. And also, um, they were doing that right after Jesus died. Right after he was killed, crucified, they were saying, Oh man, we're living in the end times, just like he was talking about. And guess what? That was over 2,000 years ago. It says very, very, very clearly that you'll never be able to predict when the end time will actually come. Lots of civilizations have tried, you know, I remember the whole mind calendar deal. What was that, 2012, right? 2012, and they were saying, oh man, they, that's the end of the mind calendar. And, you know, that's, that's the end of it. Okay, we're still here, aren't we? The thing is, stay ready, it's not a problem, right? I mean, my biggest thing is, what I've been hearing here lately is, uh, there's been some revivals breaking out across the country, one in particular, And that's fantastic, that's great. But a lot of people are attributing that to say, you know what, that means that the end times are coming. Why? Because there's that. And a lot of what, the biggest one that I always hear too, is another sign is there's wars and rumors of war. Well, let me address that. That is a very vague thing. And there is always going to be wars and rumors of wars. That is just how, you know, that is just how us as humans, 
nope, listen, there's always going to be conflict. That's just what it is. And so you could literally go back, if you're pointing to those two things and saying, well, there's revival breaking out and there's wars and rumors of wars. Okay, well, we can go ahead and point back to the early 1900s to the Azusa Street revivals where, you know, a lot of subsects of religion and Christianity broke out into. And they came from that. In fact, um, some of the churches that we went to actually formed out of those revivals. And those were good things. That's fine. But at the same time, what were they also going through at the time? You want to talk about wars and rumors of wars? They were going through the First World War during that time. Wouldn't you say that they were more in the spot to say, hey, maybe we are uh, getting towards the end times here than we are right now? Now, there are wars going on. But nothing on that scale. And so my biggest thing is it's a fear tactic. What I don't like about a lot of organized religion and a lot of things that happen and a lot of people and you know, this is my beef with, with this sort of thing. Why why must we fear into it? You know? I feel like if we if we teach the pure things of what is what is intended it's not a problem i feel like everything would come out just fine but there's a lot of fear-based stuff always going around i'm going to scare this person into it we're gonna i mean i'll be honest with you we went to some churches that that was the entire mo we need to get them in the door to scare the crap out of them in order to get the seats filled and that's not right and that's honestly what i feel is what's going on and so to circle back to my point but people trying to predict those end times the thing is, whether tomorrow's the end, whether 30 minutes from now is the end, whether it is 50 years from now, whether it's not in my lifetime, stay ready, and it ain't a problem. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to live your life thinking, man, it's coming towards the end. We need to get prepared. So what everybody always says, we got to get prepared. Get prepared for what? What are we getting prepared for? You should already be prepared. If you're already prepared, what's the problem? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And let me preface this by saying Micah's not trying to be sacrilegious or disrespectful or dump on religion. That's not it at all. But I, I understand what I understand what he's saying um, because even Jesus said no one knows the day or the hour uh, that he's coming back. And Jesus also said, you know, be whenever I'm coming back, be working, be ready because you, you never know. And so even... Um, Right after Jesus, you know, went back to heaven and stuff, like Nero and the Romans and all that stuff, they were doing some awful stuff, like really awful stuff. And so they were probably in more of a position to say, hey, I think Jesus is coming back. They thought Jesus was coming back in their lifetime. Now, I'm not saying that we need to, like, put it off and not think about it, none of that. But like Michael said, you got to, uh, if you if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Um, and I think a lot of, uh, especially in America, we're so self-centered. We think that everything that happens here that the whole uh, Jesus coming back is centered around America and what America is doing. That's not the case. It's going to be a whole global thing. Like it's going to be all around the world. And it's not Americans are so selfish when it comes to Christianity. And they think that the book of Revelation and stuff is written about us. It's not. It's like the, the Jewish people and all that stuff. That's that's the focus of it. Um, so, I mean, there are sometimes there are signs and history does repeat itself sometimes. And there have been big revivals um, all throughout history. And it's a good thing and it's needed. But for you to go around and say, oh, well, I know when Jesus is coming back. He's coming back on May 1st, 2025. Like, you don't know that. So I agree with what you're saying, man. And it shouldn't be used as a fear tactic uh, because if you really love Jesus and you're doing that, it's not based out of fear. It's not based of, oh, do all this right or Jesus is going to get you. It's not about that. So I get what you're saying because it is frustrating when people try to use that to 
promote their own agenda or promote um, something. Absolutely. And a lot of it comes out of, and I'll, I'll just be transparent, a lot of it comes out in my life of people who make judgments of, you're not living right. You're not living right. Listen, it's coming towards the end. You need to make things right or you're not going to make it kind of thing as well. And I don't believe that um, it should be that judgmental as well. I'm a firm believer of, um, and this is my last point on it, but it also says be the salt in the life, right? You put too much salt on things, it's going to be really, really bad. It's going to be a bad meal that you have to endure. And you know what? People that Bible thump, it's the same thing. You're having to go through that. It's uncomfortable. And you're sitting here going, I understand, but you don't know my relationship. So the deal is um, it's it's aggravating, but at the same time, just just stay ready. And it doesn't even have to be a problem. You don't even have to let that cross your mind. Exactly. And so it's like, I, instead of pointing the fingers, be looking at yourself. Be like, hey, is my life ready? Like, am I good? Like, you know what I mean? So it's, you know, it's all about that balance again, like you said. Like, there's a point in sharing your beliefs and your truths and your faith. But if you're doing it uh, more to be right than to love the person, then you're not doing it for the right reasons. So Absolutely. Absolutely, I agree. Go ahead. We're going to segue into our next segment. What is that? It is our mystery donut. Which is our improv segment. That's our improv segment. And guess what we're doing today? We're doing the game. We're doing Fortunately, Unfortunately, which is one of my favorites. Ooh. I love that one. I do too. Very much. So, um, Fortunately, Unfortunately, uh, we got some scenarios here. You want me to go ahead and pick one out of the hat? Yeah, you could pick one. And then I'll maybe pick the next one. All so. right. Going to the dentist. Ooh, okay. Um, I'll start. Okay. Fortunately, I have great health insurance, so I'll only have to pay 25% of the copay. Unfortunately, that's only after you meet your deductible, and your deductible is $15,000. Fortunately, the copay is only $20 anyway, so I'm out of that. Unfortunately, what they didn't tell you is the copay doesn't start until you hit your deductible, so you still have a problem. Fortunately, my teeth are in perfect shape, so this won't even be a problem. Unfortunately, they found a few cavities that you weren't exactly prepared for. Fortunately, that's impossible because I've been brushing and flossing like I'm supposed to. Unfortunately, it was with a toothpaste that was recalled because they accidentally left out the cleaning and Ingredients. Fortunately, I will be able to get a huge lawsuit out of this company, so it'll pay for my deductible. Unfortunately, while in the dentist chair, he picked your teeth a little hard and you accidentally took a dump on yourself. I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew that change in direction was going to get you. All right, I got another scenario. Oh, uh, since we're kind of on the... I know, I know that, see... The listeners at home can't see, but we can, you know, we're, we're watching each other. He gave me a look right after I said that. He's out for blood now. He's going to do something this next round, I can tell. Yes, I am. And fortunately, uh, well, we're not starting fortunately or unfortunately, but we're going to do at the vet because I was recently at the vet. So we're going to go taking your... Fun times at the vet. Yeah, taking your pet to the vet. All right, I'll start. Fortunately... This vet clinic is 24 hours. Unfortunately, you have the B shift because you had to come in at the last minute. Fortunately, 
it doesn't look like anything's actually wrong with my animal after all. Unfortunately, you're going to have to wait in the waiting room for three hours. Fortunately, they have a Night at the Roxbury playing on the TV. Unfortunately, you're sitting next to a canine dog who smells cocaine on you. Fortunately, I go to the bathroom, snort all the cocaine, and have energy for the rest of the three-hour wait. Unfortunately, the dog is going to bite you, so now you have to go to the regular doctor, too. Fortunately, I have a separate person to sit there with the dog so I can go to the emergency room by myself. Unfortunately, your dog is getting mauled by the cat who got out of its cat carrier. Fortunately, it's already at the vet. Just put it on my tab. Unfortunately, you've already put too much on your tab, and they said that it's overdue. Fortunately, I called my credit card company and upped the lift. Unfortunately, you've been hacked with credit card fraud, and now you're going to prison. Dang, that escalated fast. Fortunately, I called LifeLock, and they said, no problem, it was a mistake. Unfortunately, you can't really talk to them till tomorrow because it's the night shift and there's nobody there. Fortunately, I called a bail company so I could get out right away. Unfortunately, there's a 500% interest charge on your bail. And I'm still broke, aren't I? So that makes the scenario over. Yes, it does. All right, we are going to move into our eclair, which is our positive advice, and I will go first. Um... Learn how to delegate because sometimes, and I'm talking to people like me, I like to do everything and that's not very healthy at all. So delegating to people, I know it might take longer in the long run, but when you delegate and put stuff, uh, take stuff off your plate, then uh, it helps make your load a bit, little bit easier. You know, I like to go back to the Lord of the Rings when Samwise Gamgee said, share the load, share the load. You have to share the load. The load, the load. But you really do have to share the load because if you try to do everything yourself, you're going to be doing a million things half halfway, and that's no way to go. So, yeah, delegate. It's a good thing. Uh, mine's on a similar front. Mine's about priorities and making sure that your priorities are in line. I've had a few things happen this week um, to where life gets extremely busy. Life gets extremely busy. But, you know, one of the things that is that I'm working on is – having a good time, making sure that there is time to have a good time within there. But at the same time, some some things happened this week where I let some things slip as far as, like, there was a few work things, there was some things that happened. And, you know, it's all trying to find that balance. Luckily, everything else is good. So, you know, I have a great track record to the point where it's not a problem. But at the same time, it's all about those priorities and remembering, hey, even though we're working on some things, it's all about that balance and trying not to get too far into because you can get to the point where I'm trying to improve this. And, oh, man, yeah, getting out and having fun is great. And this is wonderful to the point where you forget about everything else and it becomes a problem. So it's all about the priorities. Remember, remember where um, the priorities lie and remember to keep them number one or wherever they are on your list. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, we have had a fun time it's been real it's been fun it's been real fun tell them where they can go check us out at tv trashcan.com tv trashcan.com yeah uh it's fantastic over there did some editing over there or i wouldn't say editing i did some work over there a few days back so go take a look at that got a couple of new shows on there a game show so you know that show i it's not i think it's called all or nothing where it's no whammy no whammy no whammy stop you know that one? Yeah, we got some of them on there. So 
go check that out. We also, uh, you know, if you haven't seen any of these videos that we're talking about, the cops videos that we produced back in the day, we got some house party videos we produced back in the day. We've got a whole bunch of stuff that we produced back in the day, but also just some uh, some other TV shows that could be streamed on there. We got all sorts of goofy stuff on there and some cool stuff. So go on over there, take a look, and then, of course, all the social medias, all that good jazz. You know, like, subscribe, all that good jazz. Yep, take a look, and hopefully, maybe soon, uh, we will have some new content for you guys, like some new videos and stuff. That's in the works, though. That's in the works. Don't worry. I We have no shortages of ideas, so just got to make them happen, but maybe we will. I wish we had an unlimited budget and 10 days in a week, but anyways. Um... <laughs> All right, man. Well, you ready to take this box out to the trash? Yep, I'm ready. We're going to sign off. I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Deuces. <laughs>